Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. Hello, I'm Sherry Tiegman. We are back for another non-fireside chat because we don't have a fire, but we are next to each other uh, to speak all about why mindset matters. And today's installation is the fabulous guest that I have named Adam Ashburn, who is our head of marketing here at Expert Empires. Welcome, Adam Ashburn. Thanks for having me. Do we know that everyone calls you Ad and that makes a lot of funny jokes about the fact that you're head of marketing. I feel like we pick, should have picked a different name. It's like someone will say ad and I don't know if they're talking about an ad or they're talking about ad. So, because you say it the same way. Um, I yeah, am I excited to I have this. Ads exactly. Exactly. I don't know who made up that nickname. So I'm excited to have this chat with you because you and I think a lot alike on some things and really differently in other ways. You are more the you're very high D. I am all I. Anyone knows about DISC. Um, but you are metrics and data and I am emotion and people. So I think it's going to be really interesting chat to see where mindset sits in the midst of both um, because it comes up wherever we are. And one of the reasons we're doing this series is to show people how even in the grown up structural parts of business, how you think and how you perform has such a big interplay with what your results are going to be. And, you know, you are the measurer of things and you know that to be true both in your own life as well in our business. So um, let's start off with your mindset and the way you think. I know that you've been, as you shared beautifully on stage at Underground, um, you know, you started your grown-up-ish career golfing. So you have very much achievement-based um very driven for results and things like that. And then life kind of took you off of the golf course and dropped you into our wonderful world here. Um, how does mindset play out for you? How do you use it given how your brain works? Um, well, with the golf, so I, I like to win, like full stop. <laughs> like, I've, got, I've got a saying that, cause I'm not a very good loser. Um, and when I get called a bad loser, I, I often say, show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. Exactly. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, I do like to win. And I think the benefit of that is the sort of dogged approach that I have that I'm not like, because I like to win, I don't quit. Mm. So I'll find a way to win mm -hmm. and I don't mean cheating, by the way. I, won't. I mean, I'm already thinking, like, is there, like, a back way to do this? Note the difference in my mind and Ad's mind, yes? Yeah, so, like, on the golf course, I ain't going to cheat to win. Yeah. Pick the work. ball, put it in, and move to the next hole. Yeah, okay. just kick it out. No one will see. But, like, from a marketing standpoint, like, I want to win. I want to be able to generate leads, good leads, grow the business, all that sort of stuff. And so I don't let things derail me that knock me off course and I think I know you touched on it just slightly that I kind of went from golf into what I do now I had a really serious accident that I'm not going to go into now but it did give me the mindset of like when you get knocked down like just get back up and keep going and I know it's a bit of a cliche but I think half the people's problems are that 
They don't expect ever to get knocked down. And when they do, they stay down there or quit. But like expect to lose on occasion because that's what's going to make you win long term. That's what I would say. I love it. So you chose a field while you kind of grew into the field of marketing, which is not always easy to win at because there isn't like a clear win or lose. So do you find that frustrating? And what do you do with your frustration when it's an okay result or there isn't a, you know, a bell at the end that says we won or we pass a line or it could have always been better. So we get a good result and then you go in and look at the data and say, okay, well, how can we do better next time? There's a constant achievement loop, which is very thrilling and wonderful. But sometimes when we don't get a win, it can be very draining. Yeah, and I think marketing is probably, there's probably other areas that do this, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. Like you can win at marketing and have something that is winning and then through no fault of your own, it just stops working. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so I think that you have to have a level of, um, when you're winning, when you've got something that's working in marketing, just go all in on it while you can, because at some point it's going to stop working. Sometimes it can take 18 months. Sometimes it can take a couple of weeks. The thing is with, especially digital marketing these days, your behest to social media, algorithms, policy changes, and overnight something that's working can stop working through no fault of your own. And, and where so- do you find the, I'd say the fortitude to continue going or to reset because a win then makes us feel good about ourselves. And then we think we know what we're doing. And then, like you said, an external experience can make you feel like you don't know what you're doing because you wake up in the morning and it's all gone or changed or different. Many people then fall into the victim mode of like, oh, well, I'm at the whim of the algorithms or they blame their competitor because they did a better job or it's my ads agency or it's this and that. How do you stay present to the fact of like what I would call like you're a curious solution finder rather than a, oh shit, just let's can the whole thing because what's the point, which is a very easy place to go. Yeah, I think for me, it's quite simple. It's being attached to the vision, mm-hmm. like where we're going. Because if you haven't got somewhere that you're aiming to get and it's very clear, then it's easy to get derailed because you're like, well, what's the point anyway? Yeah. You're only as good as your last campaign. That's a terrible way to look at it. Well, you are. And if it doesn't work, we've got targets to hit in other areas of the business. So you better find a way to do it. You haven't got time to sit and sulk about it. It's like, you know, we're in a game of business, essentially. And same with the game of life. Like, it's okay to get knocked down from time to time. But if you stay there too long, you're just going to fall way behind. So it's the key thing is, is to take the learnings from from the failures. And it does, like I say, it doesn't even necessarily mean to need to be a failure. It could be something that worked remarkably well. And then suddenly it just got rug got pulled out from underneath you. I've experienced this on a number of occasions. On one occasion specifically, just to uh, emphasize the point, we had a campaign running for 18 months that was doing exceptionally well. And it was, we spend this much and we get this many leads and then it was generating money. It was like clockwork. And overnight, pretty much, it was in July, 2021, the Facebook and iOS, who the software for phones, Facebook changed their algorithm and iOS changed something in their systems. 
and overnight it stopped working and never worked again and so you have to go well what was working like and then how do we find a way to do it differently because like one thing that I find that a lot of people do with their marketing is a campaign doesn't work and then they chuck the whole thing in the bin and I say this a lot when I'm training and stuff, like it's akin to getting a flat tire on your car and then just scrapping the car. It's so true. And it sounds so ridiculous when you say it like that, but then everyone kind of looks at each other and be like, oh, that's actually exactly what I do in my business. Yeah. And it's like, there's a number of reasons for that. There's not setting out your marketing in the right way to start with. So you don't know how to track or where to track and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, like, knowing where the point of fate like oh, that one overnight point of failure was facebook ads so it doesn't mean the rest of it doesn't work we now just need to find a way to get to circumvent that so the rest of it works yeah um so you touched on something interesting there about the scrapping everything um entrepreneurs have this beautiful common habit of whether we call it shiny object syndrome or get excited about something new and forget something working or not working it is a long game in this game of business, and it is very hard not to get excited by the latest hack or the newest thing. Uh, where, from a mindset perspective, you for your team, especially because you've got a number of people who work under you, so you lead the marketing, which means you've also have to lead the attitude and the mindset here. How do we stay the long game when there is so much changing, either structurally or competitively from a messaging perspective? You know, you know your messaging, you know you're really good, and then it's not the popular thing right now. How do you advise people when you work with them and help the team figure that out when they're working with our stuff or with clients? Where's the long game piece in terms of how to think about this stuff? Yeah, I think like the shiny penny syndrome or whatever you call it, I think I think it's a lot of that comes down to focus, boredom, like really it's a bit boring like when you've got something working to grow a business to make it win, like a lot of the stuff that gives you the growth in the business, both marketing and the rest of the business is a bit boring and repetitive. Like that's the sort of thing that needs to be done. And the shiny penny stuff is, oh, I'm looking for that little bit of excitement or the results not happening quick enough. I think um, people tend to have really misguided expectations of how long things take. Yeah. Like, you know, we've got a saying, I've got a saying, especially when it comes down to marketing, things are going to take twice as long and cost twice as much as you think. Like <laughs> not negative, it's just true. <laughs> true. Like it's definitely going to take twice as long as you think. Yeah. And on occasion, it's going to cost twice as much as you think. And I think from a team perspective, like you have to instill the belief. Like, you know, I've gone through periods where it doesn't matter what I've tried it has not worked and honestly i feel like just like i just can't buy a win but i have the absolute belief that i'm going to find a way and i think the thing is with the team is that you just need to instill that belief that we will find a way even when you know because we win as a team we lose as a team you know the 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 thing with marketing that's very different to especially sales. I know you've spoken to Jack. Um, like a salesperson can on their own win. Yeah. 
because there's a team of three or four or five or six or seven of them all doing the same thing on marketing. We're a team of seven people with seven individual skill sets that all put their little bit yeah, into the puzzle. Yeah, it's a relay race, yeah. And so, like, the whole is a collection of seven people's work. And so we win as a team, we lose the team. You don't have one person that's that's done a great job and can celebrate winning right. because they're all they're all part of the, the same machinery. So I think it's just a belief, really. You've just got to believe, not blindly, you believe that you're going to succeed. That doesn't mean that you belligerently keep on doing something that's not working. You But with that belief that you will succeed, you will find other ways to test things and, and get things working. I love it. Um, amazing answers. So you work with a lot of our clients on their own marketing, or you'll just consult and take a look at stuff that's going on. What do you find is the most common problems when people think they have a marketing problem? Is it the way they're thinking? Is it their strategy? Is it because they're expecting someone else's results to work for them? Like, what do you find people get the most caught up in their head that you have to kind of help them untangle and reset from? Yeah, so a couple of things spring to mind immediately. Number one is just completely out of sync expectations, Okay. firstly. And then when your expectations are out, then it only takes a little bit to not work for you to go, well, this is just a waste of time. I was expecting to get X instead of Y. And the other thing is just overcomplicating things. They're just getting such a mess trying to think, well, there's 8 million different platforms and social media and this, that, and the other. I'm just going to try and do everything. And you end up just doing an average job of it all, mm -hmm. if that. And so really the common themes are that they're trying to do too much and there's not enough focus on one particular outcome. And so you've got the misguided expectations coupled with trying to do too much and just end up super, super overwhelmed. Yeah. Like, you know, the way my brain works, like simplicity really, really works for me. Like I need to simplify things. And from a marketing standpoint, that's what you need to do most of the time, which means stripping out some of the stuff that you're doing, you know, unless you're at a reasonable level of business, like just focus on selling one core product or service or maybe two max, and then have, you know, campaigns that are going to run towards those and get those winning first, like get good at one thing first and then move on. What I find is that everyone... In, in the pursuit of getting it right and winning, they're listening to information from everyone and doing bits of it all. I was going to ask you, where does that both expectation and overcomplication come from? We are bombarded with messaging all the time of like, here's a quick way. Here's something that I did. And, you know, it. I understand it's works for some people, but you have to understand your market. I have a clients who want a fast pace, but they don't work with entrepreneurs who work at a fast pace. And they don't understand, even from a messaging perspective, before you get up to selling to them, you have to meet someone where they are. And that comes down to your own clarity of like what you do, which is a hard thing for a lot of people to actually answer. I mean, I hear all the time, and you've done this with me years ago, you're like, okay, Sherry, can you tell me what you do? And then I go into a 20 minute Sherry war and peace thing. And you're like, cool. Can you say that in three words? And we both laugh because we know that I can't say that anything in three words, but I find that a lot after clients have conversations with you and they come back to me, the thing I would say they get the most from you is that simplification is as uncomfortable as it was for them to answer it again. Like you will say almost like a five-year-old child, like, 
but why, but why, but what does that do? And it just come down, come down. And it's painful for most creative entrepreneurs to simplify and muggleify what they say is like, what do you do? You don't need fancy names. No one knows what the hell that means. You don't need 14 different benefits and results. No one's understanding what you're talking about. And we really struggle because it take it feels like it takes away the magic or the excitement or the reason that they're doing this and their passion. But if it isn't simple, it's harder to grow. Yeah. And like I answered the question around the mindset kind of situations that they find themselves in. But without a doubt, the number one thing that entrepreneurs, business owners, experts, the people that we help have wrong is their message without fail and a lot of that comes from the ego and the way they're thinking because they want to be different because they want to stand out they come at it from such a poor place it's from their perspective rather than the client's perspective and that's where mindset matters the most i think because if we can't get out of our own way we can't serve the people we want to serve yeah and simplicity sells like all like you know you 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 research any of the behavioral science and psychology books around sales and marketing like the more complex and the, the words that you use and the vernacular that you use, the belief in the person is that it's hard to get that result. And so it it feels like you're dumbing it down. And that's probably the that's probably the resistance to do it because it's like, well, I do so much more than just that. But yeah, but people buy that. And so it's the mindset in overcoming that, which obviously you're great at. I'm not necessarily good at the mindset side of things. I'm just like, here's what you need to do. And if you don't, it's my favorite. Ad told me I have to do this. I don't know how I'm like, I've got you. Don't worry. We got this, but it does all interplay. We can't have one. Listen, I love my mindset work, but if people just want to faff in mindset all day long, they're not going to get results because they're not taking the action where you're very action oriented. But if the action comes from the wrong place, you wouldn't advise someone to take it because they're pushing towards something that's either unrealistic coming from a place of need or fear in them, which an audience will smell in two seconds. And the wheels fall off after a couple of launches, even if it works, because it's not based on any real foundation. So, you know, the reason why we're doing this series is to really show people that mindset is not an afterthought, just like your strategy isn't just like your sales aren't just like your marketing isn't. I don't believe in balance. It's a constant interaction of all of these things together and course correcting to make sure where we're getting caught, where are we're spending our energy and what can be optimized rather than ignored because that's what entrepreneurs do is we ignore shit we don't like, which doesn't get us anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I think from the misguided expectation side of things, you mentioned it, like one of them is just expecting results that other people got, um, which is asinine in itself because everyone's market is different. But I understand why people feel like that and the other thing is not having the structure to map out your marketing so that the only thing you actually know the number of is the the thing that you want to get at the end so you might be going well only wanted to get three clients but you know you know the process that i take people through well actually the number the other numbers in there are many multiples of that but you don't know that because you haven't gone through a process of just actually mapping out what your marketing journey looks like and so that's where the um expectations are off off piece basically yeah what do you think people miss the most when it comes to figuring this part out like breaking down into 
your ways of doing things, which is, you know, cold audience, bringing them closer so that when I get my three clients, I either know how I got there. And if I didn't get my three clients, I know how I didn't get there because I wasn't in the nurture or understanding phase early enough. What do you think people get the most stuck on on that journey? Is that is it the figuring out or the sticking to it? Where do you see people struggle the most? Yeah, I think it's it's a couple of things. Like, firstly, not actually getting clear on what that journey looks like in the first case. Like, without doing that in the first place, then it's very hard to see where what is and what isn't working. And secondly, not tracking the data and I use track data. I say the word track data and then people will think, oh, you need automation and it's all complicated and stuff like that. Like it doesn't need to be, it just needs to be like thinking about just measuring the points at which people do certain things will give you some information, whether that's, you know, how many people do I need to add as a friend on Facebook and send messages to for someone to reply and then take that step and then that step. It's like not, not knowing those numbers is what costs you in the end because then at the end of the month the quarter or whatever you're just going well did i get my three clients yes or no and if it's a yes it's like as you said great but i don't really know how that happened and the same if it's a no and so it's not having a structure really and it, and the, the lack of structure comes from being trying to do too many things yes too complicated now i'm going to share with you uh a comment that I get spoken to a lot. People say this to me, especially because I am the people connected side. They come to me with their creative stuff, thinking I'm going to agree with them. It's like, but I don't like all that. Because Ad, Ad, Ad just said, we need numbers and metrics. And now, and I'll, I'll use the language because I've said it in the past too, but I'm about the people and I don't want just numbers and I want to nurture each person. I don't want to think like, oh, if I add 10 friends and one of them is going to become a client. I know you don't agree with that it's black or white. So I'd love to have a chat now about the strategic side of connection, which is what this really comes down to. Like Nick will always say, the more you connect, the more you collect, because it is about connection. But even in a metric driven way of measuring, it is still about the people. So I know you teach this, but so many people like to pick one or the other, like, oh, I like metrics or I like people. We need the structure to be more creative. So what would you answer someone who gives you that, which I'm sure you hear on almost all of your calls when you speak to someone? Yeah, I mean, look, it is all about people. But the fact of the matter is, how many people do you need to connect with to get the result that you're looking for? And the trouble is, if you don't, if you, if you don't track and take measurements of that, you're just going off gut instinct and guessing. And... Unfortunately, like you can't make smart decisions on guesswork and intuition. I think like, you also miss opportunities then. I mean, I'm a big gut intuition person, but if I don't take a look at if it's working or not, there could be, because I wasn't paying attention, someone who would have been a perfect fit, but I was too busy connecting with someone else. I missed an opportunity or I didn't realize some people take longer to nurture. Some people need something different. And when you do look at data, it helps you connect better because you aren't missing touch points because you're too busy looking for the newest person. So many of us talk about how you, you fill a program and then you go look for new people. How are you taking care of the current clients you have? What's the longevity of a customer? This is where good marketing, good messaging comes into play because you're taking the time to look. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm definitely a big advocate of trusting your gut and doing things on instinct. 
but when you when you come to create a marketing campaign like your gut doesn't tell you anything you actually need to make smart decisions like yes you might meet someone and go i've got a good feeling about this person i think we're going to work together and that's great but when it comes to going right i need to market my business i've got bills to pay i need to make sure that i make this much money what do i need to do in order to make that happen like your gut's not just going to go well i think you should do this that and the other and drive people here you need to you need to have that information in hand so that you can actually predict more accurately where you're going to get the business wins what i've learned from my own business journey in this way is that when i had those flukes or synchronicities where people just came and worked with me i loved that but because we can't repeat it we then don't trust it so then it's like oh well i made that much money last month or i got those clients because someone introduced me or i was just in the right place because it's not measurable, we then lose our own self-trust in the fact that we are that good and we are that recommendable and we are that easy to share. When we do put some structures in place, we can actually trust ourselves in the process because we're showing up how we want to in a serendipitous way, but in a more marketing way where I now know if it's working or not, I don't have to waste energy on if it isn't, start with the victim mentality or break myself down or I'm not good enough because that person took that client. I may not have been in the right rooms. I may not have been saying the right things. I can't have people read my minds and then be upset when they don't and then call that my marketing plan. So what it does underneath the plan is create structure, which we can trust ourselves every day. We know what to do. We know why we're doing it. We know who we're doing it for. And then we can measure what else we need to learn, try, master, let go of. That's when we get into the performance side of the mindset is like, I'm showing up as fully as I am. It didn't work. Screw it. I quit. It doesn't work like that. But like mm. you said, whether it's an outside algorithm or a tiny tweak that makes all the difference, it's very empowering to a mindset when you know you're in control of the data. You understand what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have something that can just, you know, consistently run. And then you also have the meeting people and you get those good feelings about someone but you know you almost want to see those as bonuses rather than relying on that to fill your pipeline and get get more clients and i think also this is slightly off topic but kind of related like um like it doesn't have to be all this digital online world in which marketing is like ultimately marketing is just creating an opportunity to make a sale mm -hmm. And so that doesn't have to be with online stuff. I've literally sat down with someone today who sat down with me and said, look, I need a marketing strategy. You know, I'm looking at websites, landing pages, all this sort of stuff. I didn't have a clue what he did. He's, um, and so I spoke to him a bit and he's actually uh, like a high-end construction person. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that doesn't make sense to me for you to be doing any of that stuff. Like, you know, you're working in these three locations, like just put letters through the door of everyone on that street and be a bit different. And, you know, like people get so obsessed with trying to get people online and stuff like that to move towards them. They forget about how they can put themselves in a position where they've got their people around them, like going to events, networking, like putting flyers through doors if you're, you know, that sort, you know, doing that sort of thing. And so I feel like 
the mindset that people have is I must constantly generate new leads. Whereas like, in a way, yes, but that doesn't mean that they have to always come to you. Think about where you can go and position yourself physically, where you're going to be around people that want and need what you do. I love that you brought that up because I think a lot of people hide behind marketing because they don't feel confident. So they're hoping their marketing speaks for them, but it ends up being so disconnected from who they are. And I have clients, people get on a call with me after they've watched me for a while and say, oh my God, you're exactly how you are online. I'm thinking how, or in a room when I was speaking, how else, what the hell else would I be? But this comes down to the human side of it. Not everything is a complicated, automated online digital marketing thing which almost is like wizard behind oz but how do you connect how do you speak about what you do at a networking thing what happens when you're sat at a dinner or in a pub with friends and someone is saying that that's what makes you easy to recommend to someone is that clarity and that belief in that i'm really good at what i do and it's just me without any smoke and mirrors the smoke and mirrors are a nice added bonus but if if we strip away all that marketing fluff and you alone don't feel enough there's not enough marketing fluff in the world that's going to pad you to be able to do it consistently. Yeah, exactly. And look, we've got, you know, we're a multi-seven figure business with a reasonably sized marketing budget and, you know, a good sized team. And we still go, what events are going on yeah. that we can go from like go and sponsor because we know we can be in, in and around 200 of our ideal clients. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because that's going to be much easier to get a result than, you know, disruptive marketing on Facebook, yes. you know, and, and wherever it is. And so disruptive people... marketing along with other 40 other disruptive marketers, as you scroll, I mean, it, you know, we, we end up drowning ourselves out half the time when we're staying in the middle of the room. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, like see going to events and stuff like that as a marketing spend, not as a cost that you, you know, that you're going to need to, spend this money and lose it because like you know at our events expert empires we massively encourage people to be networking and build business relationships and you know some of our probably our best case studies just from attending events is like yeah i didn't actually sit in many of the sessions i was just i was just you know doing business with people that i've met in the bar and, and in breaks and stuff like that you know put yourself in the environment where your people are don't just constantly try and get them to from online to you yeah and that cold it's a very passive way and a lot of our self-belief leaves when it passively doesn't work so we've got to re-engage first from who you want to be and how you want to present yourself into what your business does and then it makes all of the heavy lifting a lot easier because it gets exciting like we have fun creating new campaigns i mean the marketing team is one of the, our most busiest departments but you know, we joke about it. You move on from one, you're marketing the next, which means the creativity has to keep flowing because we can't say the same thing over and over again, even when it works. And something mm -hmm. that I love that happened last year at one of our, I think, I don't know if it was a quarterly or annual planning, we humbly admitted, I don't know if it was you or Nick, is like there's stuff we've done in the past that worked that we then forgot worked certain campaigns because we all do this. What's the next thing? And let's try this really like, wait, let's go back and find out what worked last time. What is something we like playing with how risky are we willing to be and going back and seeing what's there sometimes again in that simplicity and in the past it doesn't have to be new and improved all the time yeah i think there's there's two things there's like that you can get stuck in a rut with doing what you you've always done because it's worked 
and slowly the results sort of atrophy, but you're going, well, it's worked before, so I'm going to keep doing it. And then the flip side is like, you've done stuff months or years ago that worked really well and you've not done it for ages. So like, it's always a great question that we ask ourselves, like what have we done before that works that we have, we aren't doing now or haven't Mm -hmm. done for a long time. Yeah. It's it's great. And it, it really is to get caught in that spectrum and find out where you're getting comfortable and where you're avoiding. Uh, So as you know, a lot of what I talk about is how to find your edge, both for yourself and in your marketing is one of the whole sections Talk to me about your philosophies about messaging in terms of whether it's disruptive or connected or how does someone find that dance for themselves when they're looking to stand out in a crowded loud marketplace without wanting to be a performer all the time? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, it's a it's a bit of a cliche, but cliches are cliches because they're true. Um, like you you cannot try and be something that you're not like if you're not edgy or disruptive or something and you try to be, it will just feel horrible, A, to you and the people that are viewing it. So I think being yourself is key, but you need to be different. Like I often say that, you know, in sport, in order to win, you need to be the best. Like, you know, you've got to beat people, you've got to be the best. But in business, like different is better than better like you could be the best coach in the world but if no one knows you and you've got no clients then you're losing and so you need to differentiate yourself from the crowd by being different in some way shape or form and this is why niching is so important like I'm sure you have it as well you get so much pushback from people who want to niche and it's like niching is the way that you can start to be different because if you're not like you know, a huge sort of personality and you're like Rob Moores and Paul Moores and, you know, that, you know, that sort of person that's just going to be out there and is going to get attention just because they're a bit crazy, then the best way to get that difference is to niche into a very particular market to begin with. And you don't need to stay there. Like you're just niching, you're just narrowing your focus to broaden appeal to get that initial traction you know, like when uh, this business started a long time ago, like I was joined Nick in 12 years ago and we kind of just moved away from it then, but he wrote marketing materials for NLP practitioners. It's like, we don't even do marketing materials full stop now, but what that allowed Nick to do was to go to NLP seminars and stuff like that and go, hey, I'm now surrounded by loads of ideal clients. So like the way to stand out from the crowd is to actually pigeonhole yourself into a very specific crowd Mm -hmm. because marketing is all about, especially in like for people like us and the people listening to this, like we haven't got the pockets that big global brands have that everyone's like Sony or Coca-Cola or Nike that can just be everywhere and you just see them. Like we need to speak to one individual person at a time and you cannot do that unless you niche. You need to be look. You need to solve specific problems for a unique person. Yeah, and, and if you don't loyalty, do that, with that loyalty, they'll come with you. You don't have to stay there forever. But we got to find them in the first place. You can't throw a party and sit there by yourself with a party hat on, which is what business feels like a lot. Yeah, exactly. And and even like super super hyper niches, 
if you've got a decent percentage of that hyper niche, you've got a very big business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like one of our clients, Charlotte, who you know, is a belly dance coach for Christ's sake. I mean, I don't even know someone that belly dances straight up. I don't, I know a lot of people, I don't know anyone. Yeah. And, and she managed to grow a business to six figures doing Internationally, that. Internationally, no less. Exactly. So, like, I know that the mind, this, and this is what you help with most, like, most people's mindset is if I go that, if I go that narrow, then I'm missing out on serving so many people. And like, that's the biggest problem, I think, especially from a marketing perspective, because then, you know, you, we're subject to well over 5,000 marketing messages a day. If you're, if you're not speaking to one specific person, you're losing. And we know it as consumers. You can be scrolling and some is an ad that stops you. It stops you because it feels like it's speaking straight to you. And yet we don't do that in our own marketing because we want to talk to everyone. If those marketing exactly. messages talk to everyone, I'm totally uninterested. You've got to make me feel special. You've got to make me feel understood. And then I'm with you for life. Like I'm a loyal customer to people because I'm not a consumer in that way. I'm not a shopper. I won't look 10 different places. But then we do the opposite when we're running our own business because we don't want to leave anyone out or we don't want to feel like we missed a trick or that feeling of FOMO or I'm not good enough for this. That's where the mindset, like clean that up because mm -hmm. underneath that is your, what I call sniper versus machine gun approach and snipers hit every time for a reason. You just yeah, pray and pray in your marketing. You're not going to get anywhere. And that's a great analogy. Like, you know, a lot of people do use that scattergun approach and then hope that something, and, you know, on occasion you'll kill someone, but not with the, um, I mean, this is really like. Oh, typical Sherry. The American uh, brings the guns in the room. Yeah. But, you know, a sniper will get hit his target most of the time. So, you know, I do think this, that is entirely mindset. It's where tactics and mindset meet. Yeah. And if you, you need both, Agreed. I love it. If you could leave all of our listeners with one tip, which I know is hard because you're actually a genius with this stuff. One tip to start looking at this differently before start the strategizing, because we know most people start with strategy and then they try to catch themselves up to it in terms of like this marketing plan, AKA using someone else's. What's one thing you can recommend for people to start thinking about differently before they go to master the plan? It, like you know we've spoken quite a bit about it it is definitely without question getting that message right get really really clear on who you're specifically speaking to what they want and why they want that so you know who is it you're speaking to be as specific as possible what do they want in terms of what result are they looking to achieve not what they need what result they're looking to achieve and why do they want that result? How, you know, how do they want to feel? What do they want to achieve? What do they want to avoid? And I think like when you've got that super hyper-focus, the rest can happen. It, you know, it's this whole thing around niching, like, and if you've got a bigger business and you're listening to this, you need, and I do this daily, we've had the conversation today in the marketing team, you need to do that work for each individual thing that you're marketing. That's what people forget because they think when they're known for something, everyone just knows them. When you're marketing something, you're starting from scratch every time, even with warm people. Yeah. You know, we've got, I don't know how many campaigns going at the moment, probably seven or eight. Each of those seven or eight campaigns have a different message because they're, they're solving a different problem. Yeah. And that's for a specific person. So the, the sooner you can get 
focused on that to begin with, the more chance of success you've got. Yeah, I love it. I love this conversation. Thank you for allowing me to pick your brilliant brain and share, you know, the reason I'm doing this is because I want people to understand how all the different parts of business interplay, but also to give everyone a chance to get to meet our team and the genius in each section, but none of us can do it on our own. Um, and it's just a, I love learning from such different kind of brains, like Jack and I think so differently. You and I think so differently. I have Nick next. Um, but it is the interplay of all these different parts that are really key for people to uncover for themselves and also to know who to listen to when it comes to this stuff, because it has to feel right for you. And it isn't like you said, and Jack said about sales, it's not these blanket messaging, they're blanket sales processes or blanket, you know, three positive affir affirmations. And all of a sudden I'm better. It's so disrespectful to a business owner's growth and process to just feel like we pigeonhole them in. And I think it's one thing we do really well is not try to fit everyone into the same system. Yeah, and like, just get, just like if you're early on in the business as well, just get like, just get good at one thing first from a marketing perspective, yeah. you know, get good on one platform first yeah. Yeah. before moving on. Yeah. Put the blinders on, amazing. Thank you, Adam Ashburn, for this lovely, enlightening conversation. I will see you in a few weeks in person. And thank you for everyone tuning in and listening. If you want to hear more about what's going on, pay attention. There's some big stuff coming down in the next couple of months to help you with exactly this sort of thing. So have a wonderful day. Thanks, everyone. See ya. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember, till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.